0: Welcome to the Nine Point Alternative Health Fund update. My name is Charles Turk, president of Faircourt Acid Management. Faircourt is the portfolio advisor to the fund. The Alternative Health Fund is an actively managed fund focused in the North American cannabis sector. In addition, we invest in large cap pharma, a sector that has been creating innovative testing and antiviral solutions in the fight against COVID-19. We also hold investments in vitamins, mineral supplement companies, nutraceuticals, and other healthcare companies, all of which are gaining traction as there is a heightened awareness about building up our immunities to various ailments. So if we look at our current positioning, our cannabis weighting is a little over 45%, up from 41% at the end of April. Our large cap pharma position, is up over 21%, roughly the same as it was at the end of April, and our cash position has gone down a little bit, down to 15.3%, still giving us a healthy weighting in cash to look for new opportunities. In terms of fund performance, year-to-date the fund is down 2.4%, the S&P 500 is down 7.7%, the s and TSX is down 14%. And when we look at the indexes in both cannabis and healthcare, we are actually outperforming significantly. The cannabis index is down over 20%. Large cap pharma is flat for the year. And during the month of May, we're up 5.92% to May 21st. Before we get to the cannabis sector, I would like to talk about one of the companies in our other wellness and healthcare sector, which is Jameson Wellness. Jameson is one of those businesses that has tailwinds from pantry loading in the early COVID lockdown and continues to have high demand for immunity-based products. And even prior to COVID lockdowns, the company was already off to a great start showing double-digit organic growth in the first two months of the year. That demand for supplements, especially vitamins that boost the immune system, have seen a surge as retailers boost their supplements inventories. Jameson remains one of the few companies that is a pure play in the nutraceuticals supplement space, and we see positive catalysts as the company is in the early stages of a U.S. rollout. So we see revenue tailwinds in new markets that cement Jameson as one of the stocks to own in these uncertain times. In its most recent quarter, total revenue was $84.5 million, gross margins 37%, Produced an EBITDA of $16.7 million, which was in line with the street's consensus estimate, at $16.3 million. Adjusted net income was $7.8 million, or $0.19 per share. Turning to the cannabis sector. At a time when the cannabis sector is capital constrained, it's important to manage the portfolio in a way to reduce risk while recognizing growth. Our positioning is upmarket and we continue to own those companies that are larger operators. They have sound cost structures, strong retail distribution, strong balance sheets, and there are growth catalysts on the horizon. Now, there are many companies that we do not own, and they're growing top-line revenue, yet they're still not reaching positive operating cash flow. There's been a lot of focus from many Canadian LPs on the value segment, a category that competes not only for shelf space in legal dispensaries, but also competes with the illicit market. The challenge in the value category is that providers must operate on a low-cost basis in order to generate strong cash flows. As a result, in Canada, we focus on low-cost operators such as Village Farms, Afria, and Organogram. I want to highlight some recent performance at Village Farms. Its Pure Sun Farms joint venture remains the top-selling brand of dried flour in Ontario. It has a market share of 20% in April, and that's up from 13 or 14% at the beginning of the year. During the quarter, it established its first shipment to Alberta, which is Canada's second largest market in the cannabis sector. Net sales in its most recent quarter were $18 million, up from $12 million in Q4 of 19, gross margins of 52%, with an all-in cost of cultivation of $0.88 per gram. We believe that with Pure Sun Farms' commanding market share in Ontario and Ontario's recent reopening of cannabis stores, we see strong catalysts bringing Village Farms' strong tailwinds in the coming quarters. Now, turning to the U.S. cannabis market, there is no company more profitable than Leave Cannabis. It continues to be the most profitable cannabis company in the world, with industry-leading EBITDA in Q1 of 2020 of $49 million. And that's largely generated in the state of Florida, a medical-only state. True leave revenue was $96 million in the quarter. uh, And as I said, EBITDA 49 million or a 51% margin, beating consensus estimates handily. Revenue in the quarter was up 21% quarter over quarter and its EBITDA margin was 51%, well above the company's own guidance for 2020 of 38%. TrueLeave now operates 47 dispensaries in the state of Florida. That's out of a total of 245 dispensaries among 14 operators. It continues to gain market share well over 50% of the total cannabis market in Florida. From a cash position, it remains one of the best in the industry ending the quarter with over $100 million in cash on its balance sheets. Another strong U.S. multi-state operator that features prominently in our portfolio is Green Thumb Industries. In the quarter, sales were up 35% quarter-over-quarter to $103 million, well ahead of consensus estimates. Its retail sales improved 45% quarter-over-quarter with same-store sales growth, up 24% quarter-over-quarter with strong contributions from its operations in Illinois and Pennsylvania. EBITDA for the quarter was $25.5 million, also well ahead of consensus estimates at $18 million. Finishing the quarter, the company had $72 million dollars in cash on the balance sheet and currently has enough capital to build out its existing retail footprint of 96 licensed stores. Now looking forward, What are the catalysts? GTI expects further margin expansion as wholesale operations come on stream in Q3 in New Jersey and Ohio, supporting further vertical integration, and free cash flow continues to expand, likely boosted by facilities in New Jersey, Illinois, and Ohio in the near term as the company's profitability outlook to us remains very strong. Finally, I'd like to cover Cureleaf's Q120 financial results. The company generated $96 million in revenue during the quarter, which was up 28% from Q419. Gross margin, 43%. And SG&A was well-controlled, leading to a profitability beat relative to expectations. The company generated $20 million in adjusted EBITDA in the quarter, and that's across 17 states as they continue to scale cura ended the quarter with 176 million dollars in cash on its balance sheet following the closing of a very successful debt offering in january of 300 million dollars so where are the catalysts for cura during the second quarter its grassroots acquisition is scheduled to close sometime in june grassroots Provides CureLeaf with 30 dispensaries and a total of 63 dispensary licenses. In addition, Cura now gets access to some very important markets within the United States, namely Illinois and Pennsylvania, among the largest and most significant cannabis markets in the U.S. We continue to see great opportunities for growth in both the cannabis sector and the general healthcare sector as the world reopens from the COVID lockdowns. We believe that these sectors have some unique characteristics, both resiliency and demand inelasticity, as well as characteristics for growth given new consumption patterns. So as a result, we continue to see great opportunities and anticipate further growth in the fund. So on behalf of the team at Faircourt and the Nine Point team, I wanna thank you for listening. And if there are any questions, please contact your nine point sales representative. I'm sure they would be able to help.